Good morning and welcome back to the Against the Current podcast. My name is Rudy Garcia and I'm so glad that you're here. Don't forget to share this podcast to all the Christ-loving, fantasy-enjoying men in your life to become part of The Fold. The Fold is a community of creatives that don't fit in to the modern, left-aligned creative space. So the three best ways to support this podcast is one, to listen to every episode. Follow it on wherever you listen to your podcast, favorite it, Whatever you got to do to get notified when a new episode gets posted, go ahead and do that and listen to every episode. The second thing is share, share, share. Share this episode and this podcast as much as you can with as many people as you can. And the last thing is if you can and you're able, consider becoming a monthly supporter of the podcast. Uh, Just follow the link in the bio or go to anchor.fm forward slash against the current PO forward slash support. Lastly, go ahead and check out the first book in the Through the Flames trilogy, Forged by Fire, exclusively on Amazon, uh, available in ebook, paperback, and hardcover copies. Thank you guys so much for listening. Enjoy the episode. Alrighty. So yeah, welcome to this episode of the podcast. This is going to be... A little Bible study episode, uh, and I'm gonna jump right into this. I was actually reading Colossians last night. Started reading Colossians because kind of looking through the Bible, trying to see which which book of the Bible I start reading just to study it. And I saw Colossians is pretty short, so I'm like, you know, it's short. Let me start it. Um, and I'm still in chapter one. I'm not even done with chapter one. I still have a little bit left, but I realized there's so much theological information here in Colossians one. I'm going to go ahead and read up to where I finished um, last night, and then we're going to talk about it. I'm going to give you guys some of my thoughts that I had as I read this. I'm going to give you a little bit, and I'm also going to give you a little tip on reading the Bible and studying the Bible that I like to use. So we're going to go ahead and start. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by God's will, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints in Christ at Colossae, who are faithful brothers, grace to you and peace from God, our Father. We always thank God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ when we pray for you. For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all the saints because of the hope reserved for you in heaven. You have already heard about this hope in the message of truth, the gospel that has come to you. It is bearing fruit and growing all over the world, just as it has among you since the day you heard it and recognized God's grace in the truth. You learn this from Epaphras, our dearly loved fellow slave. He is a faithful servant of the Messiah on your behalf, and he has told us about your love in the spirit for this reason also since the day we heard this we haven't stopped praying for you we are asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding so that you may walk worthy of the lord fully pleasing to him bearing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of god may you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy with joy giving thanks to the father who has enabled you to share in the saints' inheritance in the light. He has rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. We have redemption, 
the forgiveness of sins in him. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For everything was created by him in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things and by him all things hold together. He is also the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. For God was pleased to have all, all his fullness dwell in him, and through him reconcile everything to himself by making peace through the blood of his cross, whether things on earth or things in heaven. Once you, once you were alienated and hostile in your minds because of your evil actions, but now God has reconciled you by his physical body through his death to present you holy, faultless, and blameless before him. If indeed you remain grounded, sorry, if indeed you remain grounded and, sted, grounded and steadfast in the faith and are not shifted away from the hope of the gospel that you heard. This gospel has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven and I, Paul, have become a servant to it. And that is verse 23. I finished last night, uh, chapter 1, verse 23. And there's so much theological like guidance and truth here. And just this greeting. It, it, it talks so much about what we believe and what we're supposed to believe as Christians. It's, 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 this, it's this glimpse into our faith. And, and the first thing, like right off the get, right in the greeting, Paul, an apostle of Christ by God's will, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints in Christ that call aside who are faithful brothers, grace to you and peace from God our Father. Sounds like this very simple greeting, and it is, but in this simple greeting, there is this theological truth that we need to understand now. And I just recently realized not a lot of us know, not a lot of Christians know this. We are all saints, all Christians, not just some selective few chosen by the Catholic Church, by the Catholic Church or just some idols, right? All Christians are saints or separated. Um, so that right there and that little piece of greeting, those little two verses, you have this theological truth that we are all saints. And then we move into verse three, where it says, we always thank God, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Right there, we see two distinct persons of the Trinity, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It, it, it's very clear that the father and the son are, very, are two distinct persons of the Trinity, the father, the son, and the Holy Spirit distinct persons that make up the one being that is God in this triune sense. Very quickly in the first three verses, we see we are all Christians or saints. That's the baby. All Christians or saints, if, if you might have heard it, but I got the kid crying in the background. I'm trying to see if I can stay here. Um, see if he calms down. I don't think he is. I'll be back. Where was I? Yes, in the in these first three verses, we see these two very important theological truths. The Father of our Lord Jesus Christ shows that the Son and the Father are two distinct persons. 
it isn't one person going through different modes it isn't modalism it isn't god the father was you know how god dealt with people in the old testament and then he switched hats or transformed into the son and that's how he deals with people in the new testament and then he transformed into the holy spirit and that's now how he deals with people in uh nowadays no it's three distinct people in the trinity um and if we keep reading for we have heard of your faith in christ jesus and of the love you have for all the saints because of the hope reserved for you in heaven the church is able it shows here that the church in Colossae was able to love all saints because of their future hope reserved in heaven. It seemed like they have this, there was this sense that they had this hope, this future hope that was locked in heaven, hoping for something in the future. Um, not necessarily here like this earthly hope for anything, but this future hope that and that, that hope drives them to love the rest of the church. Uh, you have already heard about this hope in the message of truth, the gospel that has come to you. The gospel is the message of truth, the gospel of Jesus coming to die on the cross. It is bearing fruit and growing all over the world, just as it has among you since the day you heard it and recognized God's grace in the truth. Now, right there, when I read that, I see this sense of, hey, Reagan, I see this sense that um, they they were able to recognize the truth within the gospel after they heard it. They have to have heard it first, heard the gospel, to then recognize the truth once they heard it. There There isn't a sense that they randomly came upon the knowledge of the gospel because of some pre-election. They heard the gospel, which is the power to salvation. They recognized the truth within it, and it bore fruit within them, be at it, the fruit being their spiritual growth, them loving, them seeing and recognizing this truth. The, the fruit that the gospel bore within them, there's a sense here that it's their recognition of the truth within it. And it's interesting. It, I don't see pre-election here. I don't see... Um, um, predestination here i don't see this type of theology that some people want to preach what i see is the gospel was taken to them the gospel was preached to the people in Colossae, and that gospel bore fruit in them they recognized the truth that was within it so what i see is there's a sense that they had faith they chose to have faith. Let's keep going. You learn this, and it even tells you who went over there and preached it. You learn this from Epaphras, our dearly loved fellow slave. He is a faithful servant of the Messiah on your behalf, and he has told us about your love in the Spirit. But then here it goes, where it says fellow slave, there's a sense of this limited free will concept. We're either slave to sin or slave to Christ. We do either what our flesh wants or what the spirit wants. But we never do what we want. It's kind of like what, uh, I believe it was Paul. Paul himself, he's writing this. He kind of said it again somewhere else. 
I, I have this struggle within me. I do whatever, either what the, what the flesh wants or what the spirit wants, but I never do what I want, right? So there's this sense of like this limited free will where you necessarily, you necessarily don't have choice. You either do what the desires of your flesh are, or you either follow the desires of the spirit. So, um, that I, I, I like that where it says our dearly loved fellow slave. We are slaves to Christ. As Christians, we choose to either humans, we choose to either be slaves to sin or the flesh or slaves to Christ. Um, now, it keeps going because it gets a little bit interesting because now it says for this reason also for this reason the the brute that the the fruit that the gospel bore in them the recognition of the truth within the message of the gospel for this reason also since the day we heard this we haven't stopped praying for you we are asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding so that you may be so that you may walk worthy of the lord fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and growing in the knowledge of God. What I see here, this to me, from what I'm getting from it, it talks towards this idea of making decisions and waiting uh, to make decisions, to do certain things, to get this job, to leave this job, to move here, to do that, waiting for like this supernatural, audible voice of God in your ear to tell you to do something, waiting for confirmation, waiting for this, this, and that. What I see here is they're praying to be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom. Not to be filled with the knowledge of his will, period, but be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. We are to be filled with wisdom, his wisdom, God's wisdom, and make wise decisions on our own. Not necessarily on our own. We're, we're using the wisdom of God and we're not on our own, but we have the responsibility to make these wise decisions so that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him. Bearing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God. Bearing fruit in every good work. Not necessarily just when it says in every good work, it doesn't mean the work that he tells you to do. But in every wise good work that you do in your life. They pray for the church to grow in knowledge of God's will and in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. As in to grow in wisdom. Or godly wisdom and understand the way of the spirit so that they may walk in the Lord fully pleasing to him in other words not waiting for the voice of God to tell them exactly where to take the next step but rather growing in wisdom and spiritual understanding to know what decisions actions and fruit is pleasing to him when I see that I don't see this lazy type of Christianity where you sit back on your heels and let God make all the decisions. God already has already given you wisdom. There's a Bible right in front of you or next to you. You have a Bible. Read it. It will help you make decisions. You are to make decisions. 
men, we are to make decisions. We are to use the wisdom of God, pray of course, put it in God's hands, and make decisions. And if we keep reading, we're to jump to a different place because then they start praying for something else. May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the saints' inheritance and the light. So it says, being filled with strength to endure and have patience with joy, giving thanks to who has enabled you or allowed to share in the saints' inheritance and the light. Why would we need patience and endurance and sharing in the inheritance if it was all rainbows and sunshine? We will inherit the sufferings of Jesus as well, just as we'll inherit, um, just as much as we will inherit um, heaven. Because don't think that we're, we're going to inherit a good life or we're called to inherit riches. Jesus didn't have that. And anybody that says Jesus was rich here on this earth is wrong. They don't understand the Bible. They didn't understand it. They were taught. You're, you're being taught a Bible that isn't it. It isn't here. Jesus was not rich. He didn't have things. He didn't have anywhere to lay his head. He didn't have a home. He didn't have possessions. He wasn't rich. Jesus as a human wasn't rich. We're not going to inherit that. What will we inherit? We'll inherit his sufferings. And we'll also inherit his peace. We'll inherit heaven. That's the ultimate inheritance. There is a sense that we inherited salvation and redemption, but there is also a sense that there is inheritance that hasn't come yet. An inheritance in heaven. The problem that I see with the prosperity gospel is that inheritance in heaven, they're expecting it now. No, now we have the inheritance of suffering. In heaven, we have the inheritance of prosperity. But it's we're in heaven. You know what I mean? So, may you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. We, we are to endure through the suffering and have patience through the hard times with joy. Like the inheritance we receive is endurance. The inheritance we receive is patience. The inheritance we receive is joy. And like it says later, later on, it says he has rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the son he loves. We have redemption and forgiveness of sins in him. That is our inheritance, redemption and forgiveness of sin within Jesus. That's the inheritance he gives us. So if we keep going, I think this may be my favorite part because read this part um, with this in mind. Jesus is the center. The centrality of Christ is the little subheading for this section. Listen to this. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. I'm going to pause right there. He is not the firstborn of all creation. He is the firstborn over all creation. Christ is not the first created. He has quote unquote, hello, I know you're getting excited too. He has quote unquote, firstborn privileges and firstborn authority over all creation. Why? For everything was created by him. I know. For everything was created by him in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, 
all things have been created through him and by him. Jesus is why, by, who, and for all things were created. Yeah. He is before all things and by him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead so that he might come to have first place in everything. He is the resurrection. His resurrection allows us to be resurrected in him from death to life. For God has was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile everything to himself. I know. And through him to reconcile. You okay? You okay? You gonna let daddy finish this real quick? Almost done? Um, for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile everything to himself by making peace through the blood of his cross. And I'll come back to that and keep going. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. Again, we see... Again, we see another sense that the Father and the Son are two distinct persons within the Trinity. Not one person masquerading around with three different cartoons. With three different costumes, I'm sorry. So, let's go back into here. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. And through him to reconcile everything to himself by making peace through the blood of his cross, whether things on earth or things in heaven. There is a sense, no, right here, whether things on earth or things in heaven. The reconciliation Christ provides on the cross is not just for humanity, but is for all creation. For all creation was tainted by sin. Therefore, all creation needed to be reconciled back to the Father through the sacrifice of the Son. All creation, earth, everything in it, was tainted, stained by sin. Therefore, all of creation needed that reconciliation back to God. All of creation yearns and hopes for Jesus to come back again. It groans. For Jesus to come back again and completely reconcile it. Once you were alienated and hostile in your minds because of your evil actions, but now he has reconciled you by his physical body through his death to present you holy, faultless, and blameless before him. If indeed you remain grounded and steadfast in the faith and are not shifted away from the hope of the gospel that you heard, this gospel has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and I, Paul, have become a servant of it. Now, when I read that, I'm one. I tend to believe in, in you know, if you if you're truly saved, if you're truly saved, you can't lose your salvation. There's no sin you can commit, and and no decision you can make. That can make you lose your salvation because you did nothing to earn it. But when I see that, if indeed you remain grounded and steadfast in the faith and are not shifted away from the hope of the gospel that you heard. 
there is a sense that we can shift away from the hope of the gospel. There is a sense that there is this shifting away. Maybe that you don't you don't sin enough to lose it, but you can shift away from it. You can make a decision to walk away from it. And I'm not saying I'm not saying I believe that, but I'm not saying I believe that wholeheartedly 100%. I want to do a little bit more research, see what the Bible says about it elsewhere. But it seems to me that right here, I'm going to read it again. If indeed you remain grounded and steadfast in the faith and are not shifted away from the hope of the gospel that you heard. That's where we'll end it. Um, I'm going to keep reading Colossians. I'm going to read all of it. And um, I'm going to keep going together. Any new little tidbits of information that I find or anything else that I learn, I'll come on here and share with you guys. We'll go through Colossians together. Uh, again, thank you guys for tuning in, listening to this episode of Against the Current Podcast. Uh, My name is Rudy Garcia. Don't forget to share this podcast to all the Christ-loving, fantasy-enjoying men in your life so they can become part of The Fold. The Fold is a community of creatives that don't fit into the modern, left-aligned creative spaces. The three best ways to support this podcast is to listen to every episode, share every episode with as many people as you can, and if you can and are able, consider becoming a monthly supporter of the podcast. Just follow the link in the bio, or go to anchor.fm forward slash against the current PO forward slash support. Also, check out the first book in the Through the Flames trilogy, Forged by Fire. It is a fantasy action adventure story exclusively on Amazon, available in ebook, paperback, and hardcover copies. With a new edition, second edition, same story, same book, very little changes, but it is um, more polished. That drops. It's already out, actually. It was supposed to drop December 4th, but I got a little ahead of myself and it's already available. You can whatever if you go ahead and you purchase an ebook, a paperback, or a hardcover copy, it's going to be the updated, polished version for your enjoyment. Again, thank you guys so much. My name is Rudy Garcia. I'll see you on the next one.